Anton Zalat and I. And I'm Tevra Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's There's no no such such thing thing as as bad food. food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So... Here we are, folks. We are rapidly approaching the end of September. In fact, this is the last episode coming out in the month of my birth, September 2023. How you feeling? Fall is officially in swing. Fall is officially in swing. It is, in fact, as we record the autumn equinox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Labor season. Did you say labor season? Libra season. Libra season. Yes, Libra season. Labor season for some folks. Uh, you know, a lot of people are born in September. Yeah. So yeah. we could call this labor season. Yeah. Yeah, Libra season. My my double Libra self is feeling pretty good about leaning into prettiness and little treats mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the next little while. And the equinox is also like Maybon, the harvest festival. And today I went apple picking with the kids, which felt like a very nice uh, equinox thing to do. Yeah. Got so many apples and then had to carry all of the apples. So we sort of wandered off into the orchard. It was nice. We fit, we sort of went deep into the trees and we found some, we're pretty sure we found a Honeycrisp tree, mm-hmm. which like usually the Honeycrisp apples are not there for like autokiet, like uh, pick your own. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just, it was on the signs in French. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we think we found a Honeycrisp tree mm-hmm. that was among like Cortlands. Okay. A little sneaky crisp. But then we were, yes, I may or may not have, uh, there may or may not have been three ginger gold apples which fell from a tree behind a rope into my Mm -hmm. bag. Sure, sure. Possibly. Yeah. So then we were making our way back and we were just like, hey, there's buildings in the distance. We're just going to walk towards those. Oh, no. (laughs) So eventually we found the tractor, but like not at a place where you could get on the tractor. Oh, no. So then we just followed the tractor back. Like you walked behind it? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, while you guys were apple picking, I was doing a little uh, research for tonight's show. So should we get into it? Let's get right into the liquid gold. Liquid gold. So yeah, we're talking, as you folks have figured out by now, about olive oil. Now, Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about olive oil this week for like a couple of reasons. The first is like olive oil is delicious. I love it. And I realized we haven't done any episodes about just like a fat. Yes. Which is weird. Now, I want to clarify for those of you who may be listening at home and feeling a little perplexed and confused. We're not talking about Popeye's girlfriend. No. No, we're talking about the oil product uh, that comes from pressing olives that Mm -hmm. is prevalent, especially in the Mediterranean region and is incidentally really good with spinach. Yeah. So, so, you know, I thought, okay, we need to talk about olive oil Mm -hmm. at some point. Let's do it tonight. The second is that I was training a new employee at work the other day and she asked me for like a crash course in olive oil, like Mm -hmm. in case any customers asked for suggestions or whatever. And beyond like, you know, 
here's the ones I recommend because they're expensive and good. Here's the ones I recommend that are cheap and good. It left me wanting to do a little extra digging into it because I'm a nerd and it's what I do. And now I'm going to have more that I can tell her tomorrow. Now tell her, just make sure you don't spill the olive oil on the floor or you'll really have a crash course. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the worst thing to spill on the floor would probably be the balsamic vinegar. Because balsamic, when it just like cracks, when a bottle breaks and just pours across the floor but it's not slippery no but it's horrifying but it's not slippery it's scary but it's not slippery but it's creepy to look at you know it's like a void opened up on the anyway olive oil is what we're here to talk about today not liquid voids but vinegar will clean the floor whereas olive oil will just make it slippery that's true yeah so slightly better to spill the the balsamic tell your employee that if she's got to spill something (laughs) move one shelf over yeah, yeah, yeah. If she's just feeling the uncontrollable urge to just, like, cat swipe a shelf onto the floor, <laughs> find another line of work. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, the olive oil is between the balsamic and the, like, crackers. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. maybe move to the left instead of the right. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to drop a bunch of olive oil info on you. you drop, a, dro- <laughs> drop that oil on me. <laughs> I'm going to walk past the shelf and just cat paw a bunch of olive oil on Anoint you. me, daddy. <laughs> Get ready. Anoint me with information. You're gross. All right. So olive oil obviously is the oil of olives. Yes. Profound way to start things off. It's obtained by squeezing the fat out of whole olives and extracting the oil from that fat. Uh, Olives as we know them originated in Asia Minor, which is like Armenia and the Middle East and like up some chunks of Southern Eastern Europe. I really appreciate how you ordered that in order of importance and significance. Always, always. Uh, And they've been harvested by humans for over 10,000 years. Okay. Which is wild. What about um, doves? Probably all. I don't know. Because in the Bible, Mm. there's the dove and the Mount Ararat and the olive tree. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, that was in Armenia. You know. Yeah. Well, exactly. Their oil has been in use, documented at least for at least five thousand of those ten thousand years, probably longer. Let's be real. Not a lot is documented from more than 5,000 years ago because writing didn't exist that we know of, that we have record of. Yeah. But yeah, olives and their oil, presumably, tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. We use olive oil for skincare, food, medicine. Take it inside and outside, baby. Religious rituals and, you know, lubing up ancient muscle men so they can wrestle each other. And modern muscle men, probably. Probably. Do people still wrestle in oil? Probably, right? Yeah. If you're a wrestler and you're listening to this. I uh, think I think they use baby oil around these parts, but like olive oil is better for your skin, guys, and you'll smell better. I'm imagining someone currently listening to this podcast hears us and is like, I got to tell them that I'm currently wrestling while listening to the podcast. And they take out their phone and it just slips out of their hands because they're all oiled up. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you listen to our podcast while wrestling covered in olive oil, please tell me. I want to know. If you listen to our podcast doing anything covered in oil, I actually don't want to know. <laughs> so by the time of the Roman Empire, which as a side note, uh, I think about the Roman Empire a perfectly normal amount for someone who works in an Italian restaurant and has a podcast about food history. Um, by the time of the Roman Empire, olive farming had spread across like most of the Mediterranean and become a super important part of the European economy. Yeah, I feel like the Roman Empire is like extremely recent to start the history of olive oil. I mean, you know, like, no, I started the history of olive oil in 10,000 whatever. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, just saying, like, there's the whole, bit. like, 
There's like a lot of olive oil in the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. In so. which the world is only 6,000 years old. So. Exactly, exactly. That's it. Anyway, as with anything else that was an essential part of a European economy, uh, olive trees at some point got transported to the Americas because, say it with me now, colonialism. colonialism. Uh, and because they could be grown and cultivated in some parts of you know the americas as well yeah i mean this is this is a thing that like i think we've touched on before but like just because colonialism is a bad thing doesn't mean every single thing that happened because of colonialism is a bad thing yeah like you could argue a lot of the food stuff that you know was able to happen because of the colombian exchange it's pretty cool pretty sweet yeah even though the rest of the colombian exchange not sweet yeah exactly yeah exactly that's it speaking of sweetness and uh speaking of you touched on the bible a little bit i'm going to touch on kind of the like religious aspects of olive oil writ large touching Uh, on the bible let's go let's touch the bible let's touch it with our olive oiled hands you're disgusting i know i started this do you read the bible while lubed up with oil let us Not know anymore. in the comments. <laughs> Yuck. Um, with olives being as important as they were and are, uh, it you know makes a lot of sense that they're important to a lot of different cultures as well. Uh, not just on a like culinary level, but also on a like cultural and spiritual level. Uh, in Greek mythology, olives are so precious. Do you know about this? That the city of Athens. Do you know why Athena, the goddess Athena, is the one that they named Athens after? I uh, with uh, olives. Olives, yeah, Olives. believe it. Yeah, it's maybe it's like it is her symbol, right? It's yeah. her sacred tree. Yeah, well, it's her sacred tree because she gave the people of Athens an olive tree as a gift. Oh, okay. And they okay, were okay. like, "This is a sick gift. This is perfect." And they named the city of Athens after her. Poseidon also gave them a gift around the same time. I think in a it? in a bid to get named after you know uh but he gave them a salt spring instead and they were like uh salt spring's pretty cool but it's not an olive tree so and then you can brine the olives in the salt spring which is brilliant and like let's be real salt is also dope so this shows just how much they fucking loved i really like the idea of poseidon just like slouching home muttering and kicking rocks and being like (laughs) oh my god tree is so great (laughs) the whole ocean but okay it's a little bit like that thing where they were trying to decide what to name portland oregon and uh, they said it to a coin flip. Do you know about this? Uh, I think you've told me about this. So Portland, Oregon, when they were naming it, they were like, we're going to name it after, you know, a famous harbor town on the East Coast. And uh, it came down to either Portland, Maine or Boston. Yeah. And uh, Portland, Maine won the coin flip. So they named Oregon Portland. I don't think Boston wanted Portland, Oregon to be named after it. Maybe not. They might have. They might have seeded that one. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Portland, Maine, and Portland, Oregon. They're good. They're spiritual sisters. That's fine. Sure, but imagine if there was an, a West Coast version of Boston. I don't like to think about that. It makes me really <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable with this conversation. Now imagine if Athens was named Poseidons. I think it would be Poseids, right? Posidopolis. I like Posidopolis. Yeah. I think they should reconsider. I think Athens should reconvene and decide which god they want to continue to be dedicated to. It's true, yeah. yeah. What, what's more important to you, fat or salt? I mean, listen, I would go Athena just because she's, like, scarier than Poseidon. I feel like now that I said that out loud, I am going to die drowning in the ocean. <laughs> I mean, that's more likely than <laughs> dying of books, which is the alternative. <laughs> For me, here. though? is that... Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. Dying by olive tree. If you 
die in the ocean because you were reading a book and you didn't notice that the tide was coming in and you just mm-hmm. drown. Which one is that? Is that death by book or death by ocean? Uh, they work together. Yeah. I mean, Athena turned somebody into a spider for weaving better than her. So I also don't want to cross Athena. Yeah. Like Athena is Athena's one of the scarier Greek gods, honestly. It's true. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she's one of the scarier ones in the pantheon. <laughs> like cuz she knows what's going on. She does. Yeah, that's the thing. She 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 hammered her way out of her father's head after forging armor inside it as an infant. Much like the humble Olive. <laughs> And speaking of all this, <laughs> speaking of hammering out of your father's head, uh, in a lot of Christian traditions, let's talk olive oil for some folks other than the ancient Greeks. Uh, olive oil is used to bless people for baptisms and ordinations. Uh, also, in some of the more like Orthodox and uh, you know fancy services <laughs> to light lamps, I-, I was trying to find the other word for Coptic. Coptic, maybe, yeah. I mean, Coptics do. Yeah, anywhere where there's a bit more like artifice to the services, they tend to light lamps and, you know, incense and things and often use olive oil to light those lamps. High Um, church, I think, may be what you're looking for. High church, yes, yeah. Because like, yes, Coptics and Eastern Orthodox and Greek Orthodox use these and Armenian Orthodox, but I believe Catholics do as well. I think, yeah, Catholics too, mostly just like not the... The low church folk. Who are incidentally Roman Catholics. Like what's what's yeah. similar here? Roman Catholics, Greek Orthodox, <laughs> Armenian Orthodox, yeah, yeah. Coptics are in Ethiopia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> olives. But lots of people. California like Orthodox. <laughs> what is that? Bethel? It's uh, just you, you. <laughs> um, olive oil also features prominently in Jewish traditions, uh, both around Hanukkah and, uh, you know, since the Christians had to get this idea from somewhere, it was also used to anoint within Jewish tradition. <laughs> Kings, ooh, priests, salty. and so on. Uh, That's like a little Poseidon gift right there. <laughs> oh, <baby. laughs> so, pop quiz. Do you, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot with a serious question. Do you actually know what it means? when we talk about olive oil as being virgin or extra virgin do you know do you know where that comes from yes okay uh virgin means it's never had sex and extra virgin means it's never been kissed mm-hmm. um but exactly. actually it's the pressings of the olives so so extra virgin is the first pressing is extra virgin like half a pressing? I don't know so not exactly to both of those but okay. also kind of to both of those so Just like, frankly, the virginity question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what is virginity really, right? Uh, (laughs) Extra virgin olive oil is when uh, God puts the oil in the olive instead. Takes the oil out of the olive. Yeah, that's it. Without Uh, pressing it. (laughs) Yeah, it's an unpress. You just wipe the outside of it. How can this be as I have never been pressed? (laughs) Oh, boy. So, yeah, olive oil, basically, it's graded based on the level of... No, no, they're pressed. Okay. (laughs) You're a monster. Do you know about the concept of free acidity? No. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) What's free acidity? Yeah, it's a weird phrase that I think... Acidity you don't pay for? Yeah, I've only ever heard of free acidity in the context of olive oil specifically. (laughs) Did you just hear about it for the first time in the last few hours? No. So free acidity, essentially, it's like a fancy way of saying how much um, like fatty acid came into contact with this oil. Not even how much did this oil contain naturally, but just yeah. like at any point in the pressing process, how much fatty acid was interacting with this olive oil. How do you know that? Uh, by testing. Like they can test fat levels in okay. olive oil. Where do the, the fatty acids come from? Yeah. So they're from the olive pit. 
Okay. Uh, they can also be in the pulp of the olive as well. Okay. So essentially, when you're pressing the olives, if you press too hard, some of the fatty acid comes out. If the pit breaks a little bit, some of the acid comes out. Uh, but also, it can be in the leaves. It can be in like... Basically, if the olive is not harvested on time, so if it's harvested too early or too late, it can also be an issue where there's just more fatty acids than they're okay. supposed to be. If their equipment's not perfectly cleaned, if they get bruised, like when you're right. picking them off the tree, if you're just a little less delicate than you need to be, fatty acids. So the more fatty acids come into contact with the olive oil during or before the extraction process, the higher level of free acidity in the oil and the less virgin it is, basically. When we call it virgin or extra virgin, it just means that the like international, what is it called? Oh, there's a there's a word for it. I believe it's the International Oil Commission, uh, International Olive Council. There we go. Uh, so the International Olive Council has set like it cannot be above this percentage of fatty acids or um, free acidity rather in the oil. And if it is, it is no longer extra virgin. I want an espionage murder mystery set in the International Olive Council. <laughs> I mean, there's there's like a billion percent there's got to be some kind of mob ties to Absolutely. this. As with so, any of those like designated origin. The concept of virgin and extra virgin olive oil has always been a little offensive. Mm. I think it just got like a lot more offensive. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so yeah, that's it. So like basically virgin here like just means that it's been cold pressed and that the entire process was mechanical. And uh, it was in touch with fewer fat asses in its early years. <laughs> you know that Queen song, Fat Bottom Girls? It's actually about olive pressing. So don't, if you're thick, don't go into olive pressing. Absolutely not. You'll ruin the quality of the oil. <laughs> like n- jokes aside, I bet Freddie Mercury loved some olive oil. <laughs> Sometimes our episodes are very serious, and other times, listen, um, listen, that's very interesting. We're though. being informative. And I, I understand that when we're talking about purity standards in food, it's very different. Oh, um, okay. So, okay. like, okay, so like, if you want some extra slutty olive oil, mm-hmm. you just want to like basically press olive oil from only pits and leaves. Well. So when you say extra slutty olive oil, what you're actually talking about is refined olive oil, basically. The quality hasn't mattered as much. Sometimes the extra virgin gets refined into the refined oil at the end of it. Uh, And essentially, it's just when it gets like mixed with other things, becomes a little more crude, it becomes a little less like high quality. And uh, that can actually be used for stuff as well. It ends up having a higher smoke point than olive oil normally has. So if people are cooking with olive oil... Usually, you want to be cooking with like a refined olive oil instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no longer offended because this this metaphor now makes a lot of sense, <laughs> and I like to think of myself as refined. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. You're either a virgin or you're refined. Yeah. Neither of those is a bad thing. No. There's no such thing as bad olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> oh, oh, I've been pressed, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> On a practical level virgin and extra virgin olive oils tend to have like a fuller fruitier taste than the refined ones um and a non-virgin olive oil usually just kind of tastes flat so if you've ever had an olive oil that like i don't know how often listener you will just take a shot of olive oil rather than like cooking with it or putting it in a salad dressing or something Mm -hmm. um but if you're ever curious about the quality of your olive oil pour a little in the cap put it in your mouth you know taste it on its own um if you can stomach swallowing it directly do if you can't that's okay i understand it can be kind of an awkward texture if you're not used to it basically if it's 
got a really nice like olivey flavor to it and it's fruity yeah you can tell that it's like actually like virgin and like well made basically Uh, unless it's an old one in which case it will have gone flat at some point because it just kind of starts to lose its like luster you know yeah the fruitier it is the more virgin it is yeah exactly (laughs) the less fruity it is the more refined it is exactly I have one other point to add to this, though, actually. This is something I learned from my big sister, Samin Nosrat, on salt, fat, acid, heat. If you want to learn beautiful things about Mm -hmm, fat, mm -hmm. about olive oil, watch the fat episode of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Uh, It's wonderful. She points out a lot of people get a really good bottle of olive oil and they keep it around because Mm -hmm. you think it's like wine or vinegar and you keep it. No, 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 no. Yeah, don't do that. No. Olive oil goes bad. Um, it is not a thing that ages. Yeah. It is not a thing that mellows with age. No. No, it's juice. Think of it as juice. Yeah. It is olive juice. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Don't do it. That's Don't it. keep it. You get a beautiful bottle of olive oil, take a shot and eat it with some crusty bread. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. do not. Um, beautiful virgin olive oils that are like fresh. They're like peppery. They mm-hmm, have this mm-hmm, like... Mm-hmm. Just gorgeous flavor. Yeah. Um, and you should not deny yourself that. Yeah. Or keep it on a shelf. That's uh, it. Le- pleasures are to be consumed. That's um, it. Yeah. The, the flip side of that is if you do end up in a situation where you have olive oil that has gone flat, at least you can fry with that a little bit better. True. You can cook with it without having to worry as much about the smoke. True. So like, you know, don't let your olive oil <laughs> go flat like that. But if you do, you can use it for other stuff now. Yeah. Unless yeah. it smells funky. Yeah, exactly. You'll know if it's rancid because it'll smell bad. All of this basically is to say olive oil is very temperamental. It is very easy to accidentally make olive oil that is not extra virgin when you are trying to make extra virgin olive oil, unless you're really fucking good at it, which most of the people who make it are really fucking good at it. So, you know, it's probably not that often that it's accidentally not extra virgin. But this is just to say, like, a lot of work goes into that. The International Olive Council (laughs) is European and has jurisdiction over 98% of olive oil produced in the world, which is nuts because it doesn't have jurisdiction over American-made olive oil. The USDA has that. The USDA's regulations around it are very, very similar to the IOC's. But it's crazy to think that 98% of olive oil is made outside of the U.S., Mm-hmm. I just think that's really neat to think about. I think about. that's very neat. Yeah, like Especially because there are you know, a lot of olive trees in California. Yeah, that's it. Basically, you know, like we said a second ago, you deserve the extra virgin stuff. You deserve to to have that, that awesome experience. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that the other olive oil qualities don't have their place, right? Yeah, if absolutely. You're, like you said. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're cooking with it, if you're even if you're making a salad with it, like sometimes you don't necessarily need the best thing. Exactly. You know? yeah. 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 When you're tasting olive oils, there are three flavors to look for. The fruitiness, which we touched on already, comes from the freshness and mm-hmm. purity of the olives. The bitterness, which, you know, I've had olive oils that are not super bitter and just go down real smooth and they're beautiful and you can get like a lot of that fruity flavor. But I actually kind of prefer if there's just a good balance of fruit and bitterness, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the bitterness comes from the ripeness of the olives. So, if they're ripe, the like the riper they are, the more they will be bitter. Okay. Obviously, you can over ripen something and it gets to the point where it's no longer good. But like you know, within that window 
an underripe olive will have less of that good bitter flavor to it. The last kind of flavor note that you get from olive oil is the like peppery flavor that, uh, you know, you get this yeah. kind of burning sensation sometimes when you well, swallow just, it directly. It's just a little spice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Olive oil, people call that pungency. Okay. <laughs> which is, you know, a choice. Um, and that is the, usually that's just because the oil is super fresh. Okay. So any like very fresh olive oil should have that basically. So when you open a new bottle and take a shot of it, it will like nine times out of 10, assuming it's good, it will give you that burning sensation. Again, this is with high quality stuff. It might not with like lower quality, you know, whatever. But, you know, a fancy bottle of olive oil will have that on the first day. And within a week or two, it might no longer have that sensation, right? Because it doesn't have that freshness anymore that you get from it when it's like first, first opened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So So drink it right away. Exactly. That's it. Now, obviously, like, look, for me, the perfect olive oil is one that is a perfect blend of like fruity and bitter and like has that burning sensation at the end. Technically, that's like perfect from like a quality standpoint, right? Like if we're if we're asking the IOC what they think is the perfect olive oil, that's what they'll tell you is they want extra virgin fresh as humanly possible made with the finest yada yada that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the best one every time that doesn't mean that if you prefer one that's less fruity or less bitter or doesn't have that kick that doesn't mean you're wrong i will say also i find with um with with older uh olive oils one where the fruitiness is really forward Mm -hmm. especially there's almost like a a consistency thing where it's just a little fuller in the mouth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that can be really nice especially if you're like dipping bread in it or making a salad dressing in it it just has a a body to it that something that's like extra extra virgin and fresh isn't necessarily going to have the Mm -hmm. same like unctuous body to it for sure and like you know, when you get, say, flavored olive oils, right? Like, you can get really nice, like, basil olive oils mm-hmm. or truffle olive oils or, you know, chili olive oils. Those are not inherently worse products because they're refined, but they become refined. Yeah. They are no longer extra virgin once they have other stuff in there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, you could have an olive oil that's functionally extra virgin olive oil, but stops being extra virgin now that you have soaked basil leaves in it so that it gets a basil flavor right and that's still going to be an amazing product Mm -hmm. it's just you can't call it extra virgin anymore Mm -hmm. because it will no longer be extra virgin right and so you know like anything where there's a like you know standard of quality that's like decided by an international organization that monitors everything and has really set mathematics for it those things are good to know about and good Mm -hmm. to keep in mind uh, and they can be really good indicators if you, you know, don't know which olive oil you want yet, but you're looking to find something that's like a safe bet is going to be really good. You can look for those things. I guess what I'm trying to, where I'm trying to go with this is like, there shouldn't be a uh, like superiority complex that comes right. from, from being someone who gets those, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the other ones are still fantastic products. We don't slut shame olive oil. Exactly. Yeah. That's all, it. All all live our good live on that note let's go to the mid-roll so we can tell you how you can support us financially 
if you're enjoying the show so far and you want to lube up our pockets with some oh olive oil, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of September, which is almost over, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. If you want to be our friend and join our club, you can join our Patreon, where you will get access to our new monthly newsletter, the No Bad Food Recipe Club, where each month we'll post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family. Spoiler alert, both the recipes that I have shared in Recipe Club so far have featured olive oil (laughs) prominently. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon, please consider joining up. You can come uh, wrestle with us lubed up in olive oil at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, so we got through all the stuff that I had written out. So I want to ask you, what's your like favorite olive oil life choice that you've made? Ooh, I gotta <laughs> say... <laughs> So I didn't really know olive oil was special, you know, for a long time. Like sure. like olive oil was the oil we got in the giant cans in our house and it was kind of just like salt, you know, like sure. it was just like a thing in the house that you cooked with and you dip bread in and you use for everything. Um, and it was just, you know, the big like green and gold cans with the sprig of olives on it. Like, right, yeah. you know, that was like ever present. We would decant it into a big glass jar. Um, the like triangular one that we actually have now. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Except now that one is so gunged up with years of olive oil that I can't get it clean to use it again. So I didn't really start thinking of olive oil as anything special. Mm -hmm. I think really until I watched Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Mm -hmm. And Samin Nasrat has such just a reverence for it. That really got me thinking of like, oh, this is a special product. This isn't just an anything product. You know, it's it's special. And so that's like I really only started paying attention to it just a few years ago not not that long ago so that said i use olive oil in everything and i'm very happy with that choice like sometimes i even use it in baking if i'm short on oil like um or short on butter or like vegetable oil like it's a beautiful oil it adds a really nice savory complex flavor Mm -hmm. to whatever you use it for yeah it's really good for you and like I feel like you know the things that are good for you that you can feel they're good for you I feel like olive oil is one of those things yeah a little bit eh? like when you have some olive oil it's like oh yeah this is like this feels good going down so a thing that I forgot to mention before about like refined olive oils versus extra virgin is that they don't actually lose any of their health benefits when they get refined okay yeah they they just lose taste basically okay fresh olive oil tends to be a little higher in antioxidants that makes sense yeah because antioxidants can denature over time with heat yeah so the the burning feeling that you get in your throat is an indicator that you are having like antioxidant rich olive oil and as that goes away it you know is just less rich in antioxidants so if you're sick gargle with olive oil i mean yeah basically like actually like fresh olive oil but the other health benefits don't change yeah no matter the quality you're having one of my favorite things the story is about your job is when you came home and said that you mentioned having eczema to your boss and your boss was like drink a spoon of olive oil every night you won't have eczema anymore (laughs) 
<laughs> Which I don't think you've experimented with, but you should. Yeah. I, Winter is coming. <laughs> it's just olive oil is expensive sometimes, you know? I drink very expensive matcha, so like... We'll have to get just special drinking oil. Yeah. Like yeah. the olive oil that we only use for drinking. <laughs> like this is not for cooking. This is the special this olive oil. This is the oil. drinking oil. This it's like how you oil. have the cooking wine and the drinking yeah, oil. exactly. Yeah. We'll have the drinking oil and the cooking oh, oil. Oh, boy. Start doing, we can start doing, oh my God, do you know about the Starbucks oleo drinks? Oh, I heard those were so, real gross. No, they're not available in Canada. And I almost tried one in the States. And then I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. In my heart. I'm like, if I want to blend an espresso with olive oil at home, I can do that, Mm -hmm. you know. But um, my favorite story about it. So, like, olive oil and coffee both do certain things to your digestive system, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They they move things along, shall we say. Sure. And one of my favorite stories about these olive oil coffee drinks is that people did not put this together before ordering, you know, olive oil lattes first thing in the morning. And then we're like, wow, apparently drinking a coffee and olive oil smoothie first thing in the morning really uh, wakes up the digestive system and mm-hmm, makes me mm-hmm. unable to do very much early in the day. Um, and I just kind of love that because I love the, th- the thought that like, I'm like, did nobody at Starbucks figure this out? Like, or did, did they, they just, just hope people would know? Yeah. Right? Or did they just think people wouldn't notice? So I kind of love that. That's also one of the reasons I didn't try it while traveling. Yeah. I think it's very funny that they're not available in Canada. I'm really curious about why they're not available in Canada. (laughs) Probably it's probably just the American market was the sample market and it hasn't done well enough to expand. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the States usually get stuff a little bit before we do just to be, uh, you know. Guinea pigs. Anyway, I think that was funny. Uh, Olive oil. I love roasting veggies in olive oil. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. I love making salad dressings with olive oil. I love dipping bread in olive oil. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like making olive oil cake. I think olive oil cake is a really nice thing that people should know about and try. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I I mean, like, I I feel like you listed them, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. olive oil, it's one of those things that is delicious and beautiful. And also, there's, like, three or four main uses for it. And beyond that, it's like, yeah, you're going to find, like, sometimes it's even more exciting in one recipe versus another. Yeah. But, like... It's, it's a an staple. Oil. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's it's, it's, it's a staple thing that you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have and you're gonna enjoy. Um, another thing I really like to do with it is lube men up with it and then make them wrestle. Well, yeah, because then they fall down and it's funny. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's that's the main thing I like to do with it is just coat yeah. my whole body with it and then rub against another person. Oh, shall we wrap this up? Thanks so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tonsalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Caroline, Rachel, and Aslam. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, Head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all kinds. Let's get the extra virgin take now. 
We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Podcavern. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with the friend you'd most like to get covered in olive oil with. Ooh, baby. Our theme music is by Zach Extra Virgin Ingles, and our cover art is by David Lubed Up Flam. You can find links... <laughs> You can find links for both of them in the description of the episode. Oh boy, and last but certainly not least, the show is produced by me, Tom Zalatni, and you, Tefra Jambian, and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. See you next month. Drink some olive oil. Spooky season, just around the corner. It just takes a little time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. In 2017, Universal Studios announced The Dark Universe, an ambitious project that would see all of their classic movie monsters come together like some kind of horror Avengers. Only one movie was ever made, which bombed so hard they canceled the entire franchise. But what if they hadn't? On our podcast, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe, we imagine the connected horror universe that never was. Every week, one of us pitches the other on the next movie in the universe until we grow to Marvel proportions and beyond. So far, we've tackled Frankenstein, The Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and many more, and we're just getting started. Follow along on your favorite podcast app and ask yourself the question, Are you afraid of the dark universe? Hi everyone, I'm Tong. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order, from Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies. And Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the Podcavern.